Welcome to Take Note. This is Ted. I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello, Ted. And of course, this is our podcast about uh, keeping our eyes peeled uh, to the world around us and uh, trying to capture things in our little tools, our notebooks with pens and paper, uh, occasionally some digital tools. I don't know. I don't know what you get up to in your free time, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but leave we... my digital tools out of it, okay? Fair <laughs> You're a digital tool. When you put it that way. Uh, But, uh, you know, we do things like asking, uh, what do you got? Which means, uh, what what have you written down recently, Adam? What do you got? Well, Ted, I, you know, sometimes when you finish a notebook, you you really finish it on a high note. I just finished this Field Notes Harvest Edition, which I really, really liked. And I recommend if, you know, if you weren't a fan of the cover, I recommend just getting it anyway and ignoring the cover, slapping a sticker. I don't know. The cover's really, cover grew on me. But um, I ended this this edition, I think, on a high note with, with two notes, two little jottings that I'm going to share with you now. Uh, Nellie Tuhi owned a brothel, but they called it a bed and breakfast. So I was learning about some uh, distant relatives over Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Yep. This was a relative. Yep. Yep. This was a close, close relative of yours. Nope. A beloved member of the inner circle this was a distant <laughs> uh relative of my wife and i and i actually i changed the name around a little bit just because i didn't know if uh Good. i didn't know how welcome it would be to announce that a hundred years ago or something that one of her relatives owned a brothel but they called it a bed and breakfast but i like that pop that we were hanging around some uh, louisiana cemeteries Looking, uh, looking at the relatives, oh, looking wow. at the relatives' uh, gra- graves, and uh, and that little nugget was announced, and I pulled the pen out in the pocket, right? I pulled my notebook right out of my pocket for that one, <laughs> um, and then and later that day, uh, was at the uh, carousel ride in uh, City Park in New Orleans, and. Uh, there was a family behind us in line for the carousel. Um, five, five people, you know, mom, dad, three kids, ages approximately 8 to 14, all five of them wearing Buffalo Bills gear. <laughs> and I hear the mom say to the kids, some of the animals don't go up and down. Make sure you don't end up like a chump. <laughs> and these folks that were behind us got on moving animals, and we got on... Um, stationary animals like a bunch of chumps just a bunch of chumps and that was <laughs> actually um that was my favorite part of that day and yeah it was delightful it was uh, just a wonderful thing to hear it was my favorite ride the carousel be- but not because of the horsies that weren't moving but because of the uh buffalo bills the, family because of the horsies that were moving. the horsies that were moving Yep. Well, that sounds like a really nice and enriching Thanksgiving break. We are coming off uh, Thanksgiving here. Uh, I, I got a little time away myself down in Port Aransas, spelled like Arkansas without a K. I didn't learn of any uh, any ne'er-do-well family members, unfortunately. learned about some private islands. There's an island called San Juan Island, owned by a a millionaire just get to do whatever they want there built a house out of seashells how did that person become believe, a millionaire 
Uh, I believe it's the uh, the oil industry. Uh, it's just another euphemism for brothel work. Yeah, it's a bit of bed and breakfast. Yep. Um, <clears throat> good deal. Uh, well, we we all I know whatever we did, you and I at least carried around little notebooks and pens and made sure we uh, we brought with us things we wanted to have with us on these little these little sojourns. Um, there are some new tools available thanks to some of our favorite companies. Yes. Among them, Field Notes. Field Notes put out a new uh, planner. The Ignition Edition. The Ignition Edition. How exciting. How thrilling. Yeah, it is. Have you dug in yet yeah. to the, the structure of this thing? Yes, yep. So, you know, it, it, it all looks cool. The What they've done is it's, it's in the three-pack, there's uh, two date books, you know, you know, with a week on each day. So that over the two books, you can fill up 52 weeks, you full year. And then there's a checklist journal. And, and you know, my situation is just, uh, I probably have the last checklist journal, the resolution that came out a few years ago from them. And so I'm not sure that I really, that I have a need for this edition. Though it looks, you know, it looks like a cool Field Notes edition. Um, it did get me thinking about what I like about planners, and I think I would more likely to buy that 2022 standard memorandum from Word, maybe, than this mm. edition. Um, it's, it seems like an unusual edition for them in some sort of way. It's got the Expedition paper, the uh, the waterproof, sturdy paper on the cover, and regular paper on okay. the inside, and they did it like that, I guess, so that it would the notebooks would last the whole year which is smart and well thought out and i think typically with field notes even if there's an edition that you know you're not really sure you're gonna love like maybe this harvest edition once you get it in your hands uh it it, it works really well but i don't expect that i will get the, that edition in my hand i think it'll be the the first edition in many many years that i don't buy because my subscription happened to lapse and uh i just i know that i don't need a planner edition this year well that's kind of a best case scenario when you let a subscription lapse it's the next one up is something you don't completely need so you know you wait another cycle that's right well what did you think of these did you get a chance to take a look at them i mean my i don't uh i haven't even tried to use a paper planner in many years so i will never have anything to do with this i've had nothing to do with the the ambition or the past planners or their their standard planner i just don't i don't do a paper planner we have a google calendar uh for the family and a standard memorandum but i i use that to look back not forward i i use that to note what's already happened as kind of a log uh, right so i'll I'm, I'm sure i'll get the, the next one it looks great they just uh they just announced it i think just another cool variation on the on a tried and true design theme but i the even the idea of sitting down and writing out my week in in a new format like on paper is just more than i can even consider yep yeah uh, so it's a it's a total miss for me but so is every planner that's that uh, has ever been created i all of time what i'll do sometimes so i, I bought a barren fig this year I, I think i tweeted about a, a couple weeks ago actually 
that uh, all of the that it's about that time of year when I remember that I haven't used my planner all year um, <laughs> that, I, that I bought. You know, the, the ads for the new planners remind me that I know, that I uh, failed to use the last one. The standard memorandum I used for a few months, but I, you know, I, it ends up at the bottom of the bag or something like that. And, yep, yeah. same. Um, but even, I will say, I don't need to belabor the point, but those six months or so that I was good about it are gonna i'm gonna really appreciate it yeah yeah agree it's gonna be great to look back on uh yeah i agree um and then you know i've got i had a hardcover baron fig that i liked but i just don't use it that much what i do use though is baron fig makes a little desk pad it's a oh, yeah. uh wide i love those uh it's a what maybe three inches tall maybe and it's wide and it can fit your entire week on it actually um, I love those. And what I will do, you know, sometimes at the start of the week or the week ahead, is I will jot down what's coming up, so I just can kind of quickly look at the schedule. And I and I think that is better than popping up the calendar just slightly because it's just a matter of looking down for a moment instead of opening another tab, that sort of thing. You know, while while we were yeah. talking, yeah. I I was just curious, and uh, I believe that this will be the first edition. Of field notes that I will not buy since I started getting field notes. Um, so I started with, wow. well, I got the Northerly Edition in 2011 and I got the National Crop, but I didn't get the day game and I didn't get the traveling salesman in 2012. And beginning with the Expedition Edition in winter of 2012, nine years ago, I've, I've got, I've purchased, you know, at least one set, if not through a subscription, uh, every single edition until this edition wow. one. Yeah. That's really something. It is. It's a, it's, it's odd, but, um, I mean, it just like you said though, it's, it's just, you know, their prices went up and they, um, they, they were doing a whole thing where the prices on the subscription are going to go up and buy it now before we announce it, which, you know, reasonable enough, but, uh, every once in a while there's an edition you don't really care for. And, uh, so I didn't do it. And, uh, yeah. Well, how do you feel about that, Adam? I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm, I feel like I'm mature. <laughs> <laughs> how do you oh, feel about it? That's an impressive run. Well, I feel like I, I think you really dropped the ball. I mean, this is a streak. <laughs> well, this is Cal Ripken Jr.'s uh, uh, consecutive game streak. And for what? Because you had the sniffles? <laughs> Um, you know, next week, talk to me. Maybe I'll have, uh, maybe I'll have decided that I need these after all. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's the good news. This is never more than what six blocks away. That's right. You can the, rectify. That actually reminds me of the other, the other new release. So, so on Black Friday, one of my friends posted some sort of um, urgent plea to stop to not buy things and like don't buy things on black friday and just enjoy what you have and i thought to myself yeah man stop buying things i agree i'm not buying anything for black friday and then i realized that um on thursday night the blackwing announced their labs lab edition and i bought them right away So you didn't buy anything on Black Friday. I didn't buy anything on Black Friday. I bought that, I bought that on Thanksgiving. So <laughs> yeah, they um, Blackwing released. This. So this I think is their third lab edition, um, which 
what do they say? With lab, they're experimenting with things. And the reason I bought these blue pencils, the, what are they? The Blackwing Lab, November 26, 2021, is because it's an extra soft graphite core, softer, a softer core than anything they've done before. And um, I've got a couple pencils like this. I'm blinking on them right now. Um, I want to say like a Mitsubishi with a really dark kind of painterly, I want to say, core that I like. And and so I think part of it was that. Part of it was I think the guys on Erasable have been excited about, maybe maybe Tim has been excited about soft cores lately. And I think I just like heard that last week. And then I was like, oh, blue black wings, blue pencils, soft cores. I got to get these. And, you know, limited edition, which you know, it's four days later now. And, then, you know, it's not like they're sold out or anything. But, um, <laughs> no, they are sold out. Okay. Um, oh, good. Yeah, phew. Close one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, so I bought those. The last thing I need, I think, even more than, uh, less than more notebooks is more pencils. But they, they got me with the extra soft core. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't stand a soft core, but, uh. Well, me I too, imagine. potentially. But I think Tim <laughs> likes him, so I bought him. I don't know. <laughs> well, I you, I th- you know your style. I think with pens, you like a big broad nib, and and uh, maybe the same will be true with a pencil. I I I don't draw or or do anything like that. Particularly, I mean, I guess occasionally I sketch and jot and doodle, but um, the just the speed with which they dull and kind of throw up dust and just generally lose their sharpness is not for me that's really my main my main gripe i think the oh, i don't know one of the regular editions that has a softer core i just kind of uh get annoyed with it every time i pick it up and end up switching over to something else but the, i mean these look cool they haven't arrived yet you think i should try to return them no you're good okay just uh, give them out to people as gifts that reminds me, not stationary. Today I received from my wife a T-shirt uh, from uh, No More Jockeys is a YouTube show that I like, comedy YouTube show that I like. Oh, yeah. Love it. And uh, I'd mentioned the T-shirts, and um, there was a yellow shirt that I really liked that said Horn and Watson and Key, I think, which are the three hosts. And then there, um, we I, I mentioned, oh, there's another yellow shirt. And I definitely don't want this because I don't get the reference and I wouldn't be comfortable wearing it. A couple weeks passed and she bought... Anyway, I opened it up today and I opened up the gift that was the the shirt. The only thing I think they sold that I was unwilling to wear. Um, I don't get the reference, but instead of saying Horn and Watson and Key, it says um, Donk and Loki and Fatberg. And... uh, (laughs) Not not gonna wear a shirt that says Fatberg. So Am I understanding that your wife purchased this shirt for you? Yes. She Okay. I believe she she heard that I liked the yellow No More Jockeys shirt. And she did not remember Just the, the that best there were of intentions. Two yellow um yellow no more jockeys shirts. So this one of which I announced you I would love. never in a million years under any conditions be seen wearing the show the show that you love and you've potentially watched every minute of it that's available yeah except that i don't with... i missed the episodes where they explain the donk okay. and loki 
and Fatberg. I like you're trying mm. to clarify, and I'm just going back to the yes, the show that I've loved that I've potentially watched every minute of. You don't get the reference on a, on a an entire T-shirt. Nope, 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 nope. I mean, I understand that you wouldn't wear a shirt even that said "donk." I've never been particularly comfortable with that that word, but uh, nope. I tell you, man, I I I I'm a grown up in the sense that. Uh, if I want to buy a shirt for a thing I like, I've gotten to the point in the last, oh, maybe six months or so. Well, I'll, I'll just buy it. Yeah, that's got the a, pandemic. Uh, I, got a t- <laughs> I got a t-shirt from, oh, yeah, dude, one of my all-time favorite podcasts. It's the two, a skull version drawing of the faces of the two co-hosts, Seth and Jonathan. I love it. It's my favorite thing ever. Oh, is that, um, is that, that's Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Fatberg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and the, uh, and the uh, a Donk Romatelli. Donk yep. Romatelli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so Blackwing put something new out. Field Notes put something new into the world. Uh, good for all of them. What have you been? What have you been drawn to? Just, uh, just in carrying out your normal life of writing and paper products and things well i'm on so in in paper products i'm now on to the field notes all trails edition which is uh the covers are like the drink local it is a how do they how do they describe this i don't know they just they just the thick brute force color application i don't know but it feels like there's a i don't know it feels good in your hand extra fiber thing going on there the paper's not as nice as the harvest i uh, you know okay. I, i'd get that harvest edition so that's what i'm using and i'm using you know i, I always using my uniball signo um 153 but um mm. wh- while i was working on my novel i switched up the blue to a pentel energel euro point needle which i think i discussed uh last episode of the episode back so that's what i'm using but as as far as what I'm being drawn to in the world, I will say that I think over the Thanksgiving holiday, I had, you know, the shine's going to wear off with time, but I had one of the top five moments of my life. Okay. Uh, And, you know, so I've had two kids and got married and met my wife, but after those four... (laughs) This Beatles documentary, Get Back, was an extraordinary uh, art, like kind of artistic experience. Wow. To sit, to watch those eight hours, it's not like a film. I mean, it is a film, and it reduces it to say it's not like a film. But because it is so long, it is, and you're hearing, so it's a film about the recording of the album Let It Be. But it is just like sitting in the room with the four like all time the 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 geniuses of rock and roll the greatest band and watching them build an album and most of it is actually them getting along right it's there's there's an argument at one point there's some awkwardness but um the 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 shine will wear off but I, i watched the first two the nights they were out and then a couple nights later last night i watched the last one they are the first two episodes are about three hours each and the the second one is two hours uh, you know almost each night i was up till 1 one thirty in the morning just because of how things shook out um 
I didn't have my phone on me at any time. I wasn't looking at the clock. I didn't know how much was left in it. And um, it's, it's a long and kind of delightful but grueling experience to sit there and and watch them work on songs and there's moments of just a wonderful creativity but it is just you do at times you're expecting that it's going to end and it still has an hour to go um and which is great but also just you know it's how often do people watch eight hour documentaries but uh but yeah you know last night after i finished it i was like i was like wow that is like one of just the most most amazing things I've ever experienced. And I'll probably never watch it again because it's eight hours, although who knows? But, you know, it's not like The Last Waltz, which is an hour and a half or two hours, and maybe you watch it every Thanksgiving or something. Um, uh, But but it was was really something. I know a lot of people have been, you know, there's been a lot of Twitter talk about it. And, yeah, anyway, so that's that's what I've been drawn to. Yeah. So it edged out in the moment the first the first time you and I that our eyes met. It squeezed that one out of the I'm top five. I'm not sure five, I understand. Huh? Wow, did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Fucking serious. All right, I, your your digital tool has spoken. Jeez. Fair enough. Whew. See, every once in this this watch tries to call people sometimes out of nowhere. Like I tried to call my old boss once. I wasn't even oh. talking to it. Um. Well, I think there's a there's a category, a special category of art, which is oh my god, that was amazing! But I know that I'll never watch that again. Yeah, uh, for the, for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, and you know, <laughs> who knows? And <laughs> with Peter Jackson directing it, I suspect there's got to be. Well, I know that originally he got it down to eighteen hours, and then got it down to eight hours. So there's probably going to be an eight hour DV, eighteen hour DVD released at some point. But um, Peter Jackson, the Peter Jackson, yes. directed that. Yeah, yeah. Oh so the gosh. story behind it is, um, there there were sixty hours of footage that have never been seen from fifty years ago from the recording of this that he got access to, and he wow. narrowed the sixty hours down, which is their um, twenty two days, the three weeks they had to make um, the album Let It Be, culminating in the concert on the rooftop, their final public performance ever. And it is, uh, and it it takes you day by day. It is not like stitched together like a normal documentary. There's a calendar, day one, day two, day three, and it goes through day by day. So it's really, it's just very unlike any other kind of, you know, since since the last waltz since the woodstock movie even really the the rock and roll documentaries are about i think um kind of making cutting up the madness into something uh, typically typically not something from point a to point b you know and this and so in that sense i think this is very 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 different it was originally supposed to be a two to three hour movie and then the pandemic happened and um and they they also just felt like they couldn't get it down shorter than this <laughs> they, were, they they got disney to agree to a six hour movie and then he still delivered an eight hour movie um <laughs> but uh yeah yeah i don't know it's uh amazing it was really something well on a what about you, you? know we we what my wife drawing? and i got some some downtime and uh after thanksgiving and we ended up watching a lot more tv than we normally do and we kept getting pulled into episodes of song exploder which 
uh, you know, if you know the fantastic podcast, which has done a hundred, hundred plus episodes, but this is the HBO version, similar idea, but, uh, I love the, the REM losing my religion episode, um, which I, you know, what, what it makes me, I have, I haven't seen the Beatles documentary, but what song exploder does, which I think is so brilliant is to treat the creative process of song making as a, as a, a story in and of itself, you know, or, or trying to track the inspiration and then some of the, you know, the recording techniques and, and how they came, you know, how they came about. So, I mean, that, uh, that echoes. I and really like the, something amazing about that. Song Exploder had an episode a few months ago, uh, John Lennon episode. I don't know if you, that was a podcast one. If you heard that one, but they, they were given access uh, to, uh, interviews of, John Lennon, and so they they did one of his solo songs, and they had they were able to use the interviews of him talking about how it was made. Um, so it was like wow. a normal, you know, Song Exploder episode. And I then think sometimes I see something like John Lennon on Song Song Exploder, and it just seems too big to take on, even. Yeah, yeah. And I think this I think this documentary in in how you're describing it, I'm gonna have to be ready for it. I'm gonna have to be like in a place to accept it it sounds like sounds big it i mean it you know it makes sense that they released it over a holiday weekend because otherwise how do you yeah how does anybody yeah. really like find that time to yeah. uh commit that much time to it um yeah well, that's awesome yeah so well you had a little more time uh given that uh that nanowrimo has not unfolded as our as our idealized version um suggested it might early in the month yeah well i think we both kind of flamed out right after we recorded the last episode in the middle of november and uh we texted a lot about it i know you've been writing a bit more but i i almost uh, really in the the week leading up to the week of thanksgiving and i was going out of town i had uh, just chores had lined up every single day where it was just quickly becoming impossible to do any sort of writing at a time when I thought actually I might have, <laughs> I, I might be able to do some. And, uh, and, and I just really burned out, but I, as I texted you, I think it's kind of reasonable to reset your goals. And, and I gave us a new schedule mm-hmm. that, uh, NaNoWriMo is the first two weeks of November, <laughs> the first week of December and the third week of December. And, uh, you know, I, I had a whole rationalization of that, but, you know, as, as we I've mentioned defensively over the last few episodes. Uh, most writers do not write fifteen hundred words in a day, and yeah. so it makes sense that we'd experience some burnout. And uh... well, I mean, the for the time that I think we were doing it really intensely, I enjoyed it immensely. Yep. And the the I think the creativity, you know, that we were both just pushing pushing ourselves to create an environment for and you know talking to you about how you know how you were developing ideas thinking about it myself kind of always thinking about this one project really superb and so uh within the construct of NaNoWriMo the idea of failing it or not winning it to me is is a kind of null and void um it was even even those couple of weeks were some of the most intensive writing I've ever done 
and I've got an MFA in writing. Uh, and, you know, it's like, it is intense. And uh, I think we both have tens of thousands of words upon which to build. And, uh, you know, yes, the practicalities of actually uh, completing the that particular, you know, parameter of project, we didn't even come close. But, man, like, you know, I'm uh, yeah, I still put in an hour this morning. And, you know, when we were out and at the beach every day, I, you know, get up, wife sleeps a little bit later and, and put down some words and keep keep the thing going. And in a way, it's like the, the muscles of keeping it going forward they don't need to be applied to a certain word limit. They just need to be applied, period. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, still I'm plug- concerned I'm to still hear that you're writing during project. this period, which is now officially the nano remote break period. Um, as soon as I changed the calendar, <laughs> you should have bent to my demands. Uh, my other concern... I, I, like your, I like your idea. Thank you. I really do. My other concern is that in my head, I think, are the... Um, the same things I told myself 15 years ago when I completed it. Uh, I feel like in the last couple weeks, like right, and right around like the 15th when I was just kind of burnt out, I kept encountering writing advice that was, that was um, counter to everything I'd done. So I have a kind of somewhat unreliable narrator or a narrator who's hiding something. And I've definitely seen in the last few weeks, like, there's no reason to ever hide anything from your, <laughs> from your, uh, from your reader, and um, that's just the stress talking, man. Oh no, I know. You can't listen to advice like that, right? Because you can certainly find advice that um, that feeds into what you're doing too. I, I completely agree, I, and I know it's I know it's ridiculous, and it doesn't bother me that much. But it was definitely, and what got into my head is when I finished the one novel I did with NaNoWriMo, I was like, oh. I learned so much from this process and I learned about that. I didn't, I know what I did wrong and I just want to start a new thing and not revise this one. And so I, I do feel that kind of like, I'm, I feel like there's some subconsciously I'm trying to convince myself of that. And I know I have to avoid that. And I know it's not true, right? Like I, I can learn things and apply that to the next thing I write while still also revising this one to the best that it can be. Yeah, I mean, I think our task at this point is to say, all right, we put a lot of work into this, and let's uh, let's capitalize on that and, and take advantage of it. Because for us, it doesn't happen very often. I don't write forty-four pages of the same project very often, right? Uh, and so to not keep it going um, just because of the nano construct would be. Uh, ingenuous to our own i think creative purposes yeah i i also um, think but that... and hey you know i think talking about it too even though you know the easiest thing to do would just be to never talk about it again and say i mean you know yeah we did that thing for a little bit but checking back in i think at the end of the month and saying hey you know here was the excitement here's what we did accomplish and here's uh here's the go forward thing i think is the way to go you know instead of just kind of letting it disappear into the breeze yeah i think uh you know change change of schedule a little bit a little bit of breathing time you know a little realistic expectations and also the soft pencils i really think are going to make the difference that's the key that's the key listen man let's do this again next week what do you say 
Sounds good, Ted. Happy, uh, uh, happy post Thanksgiving. Happy Mad Dash to Christmas. <laughs> happy Mad Dash to. Oh, you know what, Ted? Happy Hanukkah. What's what the hell's wrong with Thank me? Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. I thought that's what was coming. <laughs> Burnt out. What can I say? <laughs> uh, you can find us on the internet at takenote.space, which does not sound like a, a typical URL, but it is. You'll find a website there. Lots of different bits and pieces of content that may appeal to you. Many of them written by Adam. Blog posts. Many of uh, them written by Ted. Also blog posts. <laughs> and uh, we're on Twitter uh, at uh, twitter.com slash takenotepod. Both of those tweets are written by by both Adam and I, but you, you won't know which is which. So uh, congratulations to us for creating a, a satisfying Twitter account that uh, keeps people in the dark all the time. No, people uh, enjoy figuring it out. We have a, a couple of listeners who have chimed in on occasion. This is an Adam tweet or this is a Ted tweet. And they're, they're always right. And it's delightful. <laughs> Take care.